from Pizzeria Della Rosa. Cooley Region Cooks, every Thursday, 10 to 11. We like to have fun with people who like to teach other people how to have fun in the kitchen. I know you guys have fun in the kitchen and your staff because every time I've gone over there, there's giggling going on and laughing and customers come in that are regulars and there's more laughing and making pizza that everybody loves. And it's a, it's a smiley pizza place. Thank you very much, Spencer. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being had. You are one of those who knows how to have fun in the kitchen. You and your staff really enjoy each other and the work. Yeah, I think uh, just being there, uh, you know, we have a small core group of people and being there day in and day out, that's the only way to go about it. Yeah, well, Mark Twain or George Washington, Ben Ben Franklin, somebody said find find something you like to do and then figure out a way to make money doing it. And you'll never work a day in your life. And that's, uh, I know sometimes it's actually work, but most of the time it's better than, I don't know what, digging ditches. Yeah, I think that's, uh, the, the fun part is probably the, the easy part. Uh, the the making money thing is probably the, the more difficult part. The paperwork part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Doing the actual physical fun parts. Well, and that's got to be fun for you too, because I know you get together with staff and decide what kind of pizza, what kind of new things do you want to put on? The menu. I know you do. Is it only one sandwich on your menu? It's the sandwich of the day, but you don't have a page of sandwich choices, do you? No, it's pretty much off the cuff. Uh, and that's fine. I yeah, just we'll, we'll kind of run through um, and go through go through things that we like. We'll test some test some sandwiches out and say yay or nay, and adjust some sauces or any ingredients on there. But yeah, for the most part, every Thursday, um, eleven o'clock, we roll out certain amount of sandwiches um, when they're gone they're gone when they're gone they're gone so well in a lot of gourmet places i know that jen barney does the same sort of thing at meringue bakery we make a certain number of whatever it is the cookies or whatever is the special and when they're gone they're gone and i'm really sorry that you got here right as the last one left the door but don't be grumpy with me you should be disappointed you didn't get here sooner yeah and i don't think any of it uh if we knew 150 customers were going to walk through the door for a sandwich <laughs> or a co- cookie. Yeah. Um, we would definitely want to take advantage of that to, to, to make that. Well, extra and that's a tough, she but, says the same thing. If yeah. I make 150 sandwiches and only 35 people walk through the day, the door on a snowstormy kind of day, what am I going to do with all the rest of these sandwiches? Yeah. And that's the thing is like you prep up and, the, and that seems to happen and you try and hit your par levels. But uh, yeah, it, it always seems to happen where you, you make up twice as many as you sold the week prior and then nobody comes through. Right. And uh I think the hardest part is the quality is, is maintaining is like you have a standard that you want to maintain. And, uh, for us, it's, it's baking the bread the day of. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what we've stuck to is that like, we're not going to bake bread or, you know, make sandwiches the next day or whatever. It's, we're going to kind of bake the bread fresh and, and whatever we sell, we end up selling. Right. Well, and you know, leave them wanting more. I know that's a a theater axiom, but it, it really, carries through for everybody, doesn't it? You, you served everybody exactly what you had fresh and available, and now they want more. They'll come back next Thursday. Yeah. And, and the other, I guess the other thing we always have is pizza. Yeah. So you, you, well, miss there's out, that. You, you miss out on the sandwich for Thursday. It's uh, you know, you grab a slice or two and um, you know, we still during, during the business week, we, you know, have a lunch special that we run. So it's two slices and a soda pop for $9. Um, right, so. That's a great and and it's choice. It's 
your choice of slices, right? Yep, yep. Whatever you want for slices. Two, two choices, two slices of your choice. And I like that. What do you serve? Pizza. What else? Different pizza. What else? Thursday's one sandwich or sandwich of the day. What else? Pizza. What else? Really good pizza. What else? Soda, a beverage. What else? Pizza. So you're known for your pizza. Yeah, pretty much. You yeah, go you, from there. Yeah, you can get gelato too at the end. Uh, oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yep. So we still have uh, we still have gelato that uh, we're uh, constantly trying to put some different flavors on. We always keep a kind of I guess plain vanilla or chocolate. Sure. Um, but then we kind of switch up. And something between. crazy. Not super crazy, but I think probably harder to find in in town here is like a hazelnut or sure. pistachio, and so that's fun. Um, so we kind of switch up with that. We top it with olive oil and sea salt, um, just more of an Yum. Italian way, yeah, uh, of serving it. So well, you're serving Italian pizza, Della Rosa. You yeah. might as well serve Italian gelato as well. That's what that's what we do. It's fun going in and and wondering what kind of new pizza there will be. On the menu, I rarely look at the menu and look immediately at whatever's the new thing, the featured pizza, because it's unusual. Even when it's it's fig, uh, uh, it's not fig sauce, it's fig jam and bacon. Yeah, but this is fig jam and maple bacon. Maple bacon? Yeah, it's bacon, but we drizzle it with maple syrup. What? Yeah. Really? Fig jam and maple syrup on bacon on a pizza. And then you have a bite and you think, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah, I think that's the, at the end of the day is we just kind of throw things on that uh, we try them and we, we go through. And if we like them, they, then they go onto the menu. So, yeah. yeah, so we have a we have a truffle pizza that's coming on. Um, so we just got another shipment in from Italy. So we Ooh. have some truffles and mushrooms that will be on, which is uh, I know for some people it's. They, you love it or hate it. So right. truffles are very strong. But you got to try them. They are, yeah. they are a strong flavor, but you got to try yeah. them. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of richness in them, but that's why we, we have the slices. Um, so you can do that. And then uh, we have adjusted to half and half pizzas uh, oh. as well. So as long as the sauce is the same, uh, you know, you come in, you know, just a, a couple. and so you can get a red one or a white one. We just same sauce, right? Yeah, so it's you can you can you can top it however you'd like, or you can do you know the hot honey and burrata for one pizza if you're kind of split mm. between what you'd like. So we don't, uh, you know, we realize that the 16 inch pizzas for some people are like, hey, this is a lot, but we often run into people who are like, yeah, this is a lot for us, and then when they're leaving, we're like, you need a to go box, and they're like, no, we we finished it. We're good. Yeah. So <laughs> we hate the whole yeah, thing. <laughs> so you kind of run in, or there's like we couldn't we couldn't stop, and then we didn't want to worry about reheating it the next day. We didn't know if it tastes the same, but I think for the most part, uh, you know, the feedback that I've had is that the pizza heat reheats pretty well. Right. Um, so I think you do say out loud, recommend we you warm this up in the oven. Not the microwave, though, right? Yeah, or on, on the stovetop. I always like oh, to really? do- Oh, really? Like uh, in a fry pan? In a fry pan. Really? Yeah, so just like, yeah, to, like, you know, medium-low heat, about yeah. two minutes to kind of recrisp the bottom. And then if you just add a splash of water and, and top it with a oh, lid. A splash of water in the pan? Yeah, on, okay. in the pan. And oh. then just uh, put the lid on top and it kind of- Adds a little steam and- Adds yeah, steam yeah. to melt the, melt the cheese cool. and kind of works yeah, out. That, oh, I was going to ask if you- 
added butter or olive oil or something no, to a no, hot no, fry no. pan and then do- drop it in. No, just a dry, a little, dry, little water. Just a dry uh, pan. Yeah, and just for about a minute, minute, minute or two. And That's then all it takes. A little drop of water and for uh, another. Well, you don't want to recook the pizza. You just want to warm no, it up. No, just warm it up. Yeah, perfect. So, all right. So we'll, uh, we'll get into some recipes in a minute, but I, I'm still really curious about where you get your crazy. I, well, I shouldn't say it that way. Where do you get your unique? ideas for pizza flavors i mean are you looking at italian pizza restaurant menus to say hey look see look what they're doing over in italy we should try that here yeah for i mean for the most part we search all over the place any any pizzeria anything around the world we we really yeah we follow there's a world top pizza list that i've followed for really years. i didn't know that yeah yeah so of course you follow it yeah and so thank I, you <laughs> i go through i go through several restaurants and different menu options that they have and kind of oh this might be interesting and then trying to source the ingredients probably the hardest part is it yeah, yeah. finding the, i found a really interesting tasting pizza but i can't get any of this well you got to go all the way to italy to get good truffles yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, uh, they, they they're bringing them to me. I, I would enjoy a flight to Italy um, if, it, if it meant going over to get some truffles. But uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy them coming here. So yeah, you have two suitcases, sir. One has clothes, and one is plastic bag lined. What's the deal here? And bring yeah, home some truffles. That'd be pricey. Sure, no problem. Yeah, but it'd be fun. Yeah, I, I would. I would enjoy it. Absolutely. I've been there once or twice to to do the truffle. Uh, so it's, it's, that's enjoyable, but that's an experience. So. Yeah. And you got to know, you didn't do it all by yourself either. You went with an experienced truffle hunter, right? And yeah. Dog, oh, oh yeah. Pig. No, I, it was just my wife and I, ah. uh, were over it, but we were in, we we're in France when we, we had, had those and spent some time in Italy, but those are kind of the two regions, but now there there's Oregon truffles, Australian. Oh man. Um, yeah. So there's different, different regions that, cool. uh, can harvest, uh, truffles, but. Awesome. Yeah, they're done with the pigs, though. It's dogs now. What's dogs? Yeah. Okay. Pigs would eat them. Oh, and I suppose trying to snuffle off that pig from just smelling it, not eating it. Yeah. That's a. It's easier to keep the dog at bay. Right? Yeah, they're they're trained. Right. I get the newsletter from the Oregon Truffle Festival, so I knew that was. I got one uh, just a reminder recently, so they must have just had it. The Oregon Truffle Festival. Yeah, I have not had uh, truffles from Oregon. Uh, I haven't either. I just, I'd love to go to their festival someday if Oregon wasn't such a weird state. All right, we got to (laughs) go. We'll come back. Speaking of, it's not weird. It's unusual, unique pizza from from Pizzeria Della Rosa. I know some people are going to look at it and say, well, that's weird. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Taste it and you'll change weird to wonderful. Pizzeria Della Rosa right next to the Rivoli downtown. We'll be right back on Cooley Region Cooks. Cooley Region Cooks, Spencer from Pizzeria Della Rosa, my guest in the kitchen because he likes to have fun, serious fun. Well, and you're, are you the paperwork guy also, or are you the creative dream it up guy? Yeah, Tyler and I do both uh, paperwork. Oh, you both, um, you share yeah. the fun stuff and the crappy stuff? I The necessary stuff? Tyler's Tyler's the front of house. Uh, he's HR type stuff. I, I okay. deal with more of uh ordering bills, uh, sure. things like that. So, I and then, uh, I usually, uh, do a lot of the, the pizza, the pizza wine, uh, sort of things. He, he does cocktails, beer. That works. Um, so 
yeah, we kind of, we do whatever it takes to get things. If, if we sandwiches, he'll see something and be like, Hey, what do you think about this or whatever? We spit back and forth, but yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so. remind me to bring up a fried bologna sandwich because that's been on the menu recently too. And that's cool. But we were talking earlier about what you do and you don't put on a pizza because some people really do like some kinds of pineapple, for instance, there are people who will love it or hate it, but there are a ton of people who have only had pineapple, fresh pineapple right out of the can, fresh out of the can, and Canadian bacon, fresh out of the grocery store deli. And that's not the same kind of pineapple pizza that you might get at a at a gourmet pizza shop like yours. Yeah, I think we've been we've been playing around now for a couple of weeks with uh, the pineapple and how we go about it. And we've talked about, you know, grilled pineapple, the different flavors uh, that, you know, from different cooking processes sure. with pineapple. And so, yeah, I think for us is the one method that we've come down with is, is roasting whole pineapple um, for a very long time uh, at a high temperature in its skin. And then, uh, wow. you know, peeling that. Uh, pureeing that and then cooking it down some more. And you end up with what? A half a cup of yeah, pureed about, pineapple. Yeah, a half cup. And, and how much, how many pizzas can you make with a half a cup of pineapple puree? Probably two, maybe maybe three. Maybe three. But, yeah. but uh, yeah. That's just, pretty expensive, labor intensive. That's a once a week or maybe once a month special. Hey, it's our Hawaiian pizza night or something. Yeah, like I said, it's you know it's another one of those things where you put it on and hopefully all the pineapple lovers That's come fun. out. Yeah, um, but then there's well, also- you can always call me any morning. You can call me all and right. say, "Hey's, we got we're, we've decided. I got a, a great deal on pineapple. So day after tomorrow is fresh pineapple pizza day, and I will tell everybody in the world all morning long." Yeah, but that was the thing, right? Is I don't I'm not a huge fan of Canadian bacon. Um, and then well, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's you, so you're not going to use Canadian anything, are you? No, no, pr- probably not. And so, uh, it's, uh, it runs in that thing where it's like, then, you know, Hey, do you have Canadian bacon? So uh, we've messed around with bacon or pineapple, um, pepperoni about, and pineapple. Yeah, yeah. Pork belly. Uh, yeah, we've, we've looked at that option of curing up pork belly and, and just roasting that off. So there's several different options out there. We've, you know, pickled jalapenos to raw jalapenos and yeah. just different things textually, whether it's, you know, I think that's where we, well, probably more so me, I, I run into issues is that, uh, when I eat a slice, it's the textural components for me, the flavor and then uh, manufacturing Making my mouth water just thinking about that. So it's uh, kind of, you know, you want for for whenever I put jalapenos on something, I want there to be spice because I just, you know, most people associate with spice. So I always hate the idea of putting something on there where there was like, there's no heat. Um, So, and then, you know, whenever you pickle something, whether it's hot or cold, uh, it changes the texture. So, and then also you have to remember that at 600, 630 degrees in the oven, everything's going to cook in there. So it's just like, if you have a jalapeno, that's already got a softer texture to it. When you roast it, it's going to really soften soft. up. Yeah. So those are all things that we kind of think about when we go through and, um, to figure out a pizza. And that's probably why it takes longer f- for myself to say like, okay, I think we have this. Um, to go I, from the dream it up stage to the on the menu stage. Yeah, I, I, I think probably the staff probably gets frustrated with the amount of stuff that I bring in and then make up three pizzas of it. And then I just walk away 
and they're like, I, I thought we all agreed that that was good. And I was just like, yeah, it's not today. And uh, it is good, but and, not good enough yet. Yeah, and want. so then you go back and, you know, I've, I've imported some grilled artichokes and uh, different things like that for like a white pie, the artichoke spinach type pizza, sun-dried tomatoes. We we have some really nice sun-dried tomatoes we just got from this farmer in Italy. Um, so he uh, he picks them all. They're all vine ripened. And, and then he has his own olive tree that he has the olive oil that he puts in there. So it's got some caper leaves and garlic and the olive oil. So it's like the oil is great itself. The sun-dried yeah. tomatoes are like nothing I've ever had before. Um, mm. But then I also think of like doing a disservice to, to him and, uh, you know, what pizza we end up putting that on is just not just your can't do I, any old pizza. Well, I feel like the the easy route that would sell is you call it a Mediterranean pizza and put sun-dried tomatoes, artichokes, and olives on there and spinach. And right. people a go- A caprese pizza. And, people yeah. go crazy about it. Right. And so um, just trying to figure out how to utilize the ingredients. And sometimes it takes longer than others. And Well, but doesn't, I, and I totally understand that. And I certainly respect it. And the fact that you respect the growers of your ingredients all the way in Italy, he might never even know- what you put his his cream of the crop olive oil on. On the other hand, you still respect him, and that's awesome. Uh, from there, however, don't you at some point have to say, this is really good. This is Caprese pizza that people will go nuts for. It's not exactly what I would buy if I went to Italy to have this, but I'm selling it to a guy who lives in Stoddard. He can't, he can't get anything anywhere near this good where he lives or in Wisconsin. So I'm going to give him a taste of Italy and it isn't going to cost him an arm and a leg. Yeah, I guess sometimes that goes through my mind, but ultimately at the end of the day is like, my grandfather probably, you know, he's not going to know that I'm using Wisconsin, you know, dairy for cheese or whatever. Uh -huh. And so I could probably use California dairy, but uh, it's something that I still have to go to bed at night. He'd know. You know oh, your and, grandfather and, would know you used so, California dairy. So there's there, there's no way that uh, <laughs> that that would fly. So, um, no, you're absolutely right. I think that you know bringing that, but also I think the waiting period of getting the pizza right makes it that much more special um, at the end of the day. And so it's like, yeah, the guy in Stoddard, uh, you know, he, he'll end up getting it. But we do have nice pizzas right now. And I think, <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, having those options waiting for the new ones to come is kind of the, yeah, sure. The, maybe the, the anticipation, the anticipation you it's know, like the, the ketchup commercial, yeah. you know, the anticipation sooner or later, it's going to be here. Not today. Yeah. That's all right. Cause the pizzas that you have on the menu right now took forever to get there and, uh, they're absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. That's fun. All right. Are we still good? Can we, Two minutes. All right. We're going to get halfway into a fried bologna sandwich. Yeah. So fried bologna, uh, I guess they're, I mean, fried bologna is what we kind of always grew up on. Sure. Um, and uh, there's. When I grew up, it was fried bologna or fried spam. See, I, we never, we never got the spam. Never did? Never got the spam. I've, okay. I've, I've had spam and had whip spam. Um, never got to the fried spam. Um, but. The uh, fried bologna was always just kind of, we would have just white bread, fried bologna and cheese. And cheese? Yeah. No ketchup? Uh, no, 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 no ketchup. Oh. Um, See, I had ketchup was my thing. I don't know. Courtney, forget it. I was a kid. We, we were- I, have a, I, I know a kid who puts ketchup on a steak. I can't even take him to a gourmet 
steakhouse. It's because, a sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when chef finds out that there's a kid out there putting ketchup on his $42 steak, he'd have a heart attack. That may be true. Yeah, so it's just kind of uh, the fry bologna. Uh, there's a chef down in uh, New Orleans that uh, makes really, really nice sandwiches, kind of out-of-the-box guy. Yeah. Um, and so this sandwich is uh, – one of his, and so it's fried bologna, mayo, uh, a spicy mustard made made with Coleman's uh, mustard powder. Oh, um, just a little bit of vinegar, sugar. Uh, just cook over a double boiler, and then cool. lettuce, salt, and vinegar, potato chips, uh, and good white bread. And the salt and vinegar potato chips on the bologna sandwich. On right? the sandwich. On the sandwich, not on the side. Good. All right, we got. Are we gonna? Come back because I have a couple of questions about a couple of ingredients. We're cooking a fried bologna sandwich from Pizzeria Della Rosa. One sandwich a week. It's not a page of sandwiches. Every Thursday, a special. You've already missed the fried bologna sandwich this, this time around, but it'll come back someday. So will we right after this. Region Cooks, Thursdays, 10 to 11. If you'd like to have some time in the kitchen, I would love to have you join me. Let me know, Mike, at WIZMnews.com. Just let me know or you can call my desk. Hey, Mike, I'd love to be on Cooley Region Cooks. I'll, uh, we'll be looking at, what are we looking at? Spring, almost May. summer. Yeah, we're looking at May for a next opening. Well, there's only four or five Thursdays in a month, so they fill up very quickly. But I'll make a spot for you because we will definitely have some fun in the kitchen, because if you if you're cooking for your family and nobody's died, then you're doing a good job. Whatever you're doing. My mom hated cooking. She was just really good at it because she had to be good at it. it was a different story for her. But she had a, we figured out a way to have fun in the kitchen. Mostly what what are you going to make, mom? Reservations. That's hilarious. No, really. <laughs> They'll be delivering here in about 20 minutes. Great. Thanks, mom. Beautiful. We are Cooley Region. <laughs> that was my mom. Thank goodness she's not here to smack me on the back of the head because she probably would. Don't give away my secrets. Everybody thought that that chicken was I made it. No, nobody knew, thought you made it, Mom. They saw the boxes out in the garage. Uh, Pizzeria Della Rosa making all kinds of pizza that you may never have had before because uh, Spencer and the team. And really, you guys work as a team to come up with various combination of flavors, don't you? I mean, I know yeah. you're the you're the end all this is going to work or this isn't going to work, but you're. Yeah. But even if the guys come up with stuff, it's, you know, we kind of have an open platform is make something. If it tastes good, we'll, we'll all give it a try. Go with it, right. Yeah. And that's cool. All right. I want to go back to your uh, fried bologna, Sammy, for just a minute, uh, because it's not just your grandmother's fried bologna sandwich, white bread and, and a piece of American cheese, no ketchup, fried bologna and call it good. That's what we had when we were kids. But your fried bologna sandwich is way different than that. Let's start with the bread. What kind of a bun do you use? Uh, brioche. So it's a oh. it's a it's a light style. I mean, brioche. You know, fancy for just there's butter a percentage of butter. Right, in. and I think everybody knows. Maybe they don't know how to make it, but they know that if what kind of bread? It's brioche. Oh, that's the kind of yellow bread that's a little bit thicker. Yeah, that's yeah. That's oh, okay. I know what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just primarily from the butter. Yeah. So. Um, and it's delish. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a percentage. You can go up to 25 to 75 to 100% butter that you add in by volume. Cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we we make a brioche uh, 
and then Duke uh, Duke's Mayo is Southern Mayo, I guess, Southeast Mayo. Right. Um, When I worked in Charleston, uh, that's where uh, I found the love of everyone, all the cooks there. Sure. It's like uh, Duke's Mayo or Die. Um, Well, and it's different. You know, it's it's different. Yeah. So I was always a Hellman's Hellman's person. uh, And maybe that's what we grew up on. And that was in the grocery stores. Sure. IGA or festival or yep. whatever it was, but we, we had miracle whip for a small stint in my childhood. Um, but that's salad dressing now I know. Right. It's uh, too sweet for me. I'm yeah. not a big sweet person. So miracle whip is great. I've had miracle whip in salads. That was pretty good. You know, the salad that had grapes and apples and other Waldorf. sweet things. Well, yeah. Yeah. With a, uh, with a little, uh, uh, a miracle whip in it. That was a pretty good salad on a sandwich with cheese and meat and bacon and, Olives and yeah. pickles and garlic and onions. No, no, I want mayonnaise. Yeah, so we uh, we get our fried bologna from St. Joe's, uh, same place that we get our bacon from. Those guys yeah. are great to us. So um, this is their house bologna. Is it? Uh, yeah, so uh, we use that bologna. We slice it uh, at the shop. Just so I've had open. their house olive loaf. Yeah, that's I don't great. Know if that, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. That's way better than great. That stuff is seriously yeah. good. Yeah. Seriously so. good. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's uh, similar with the big bologna. Yeah, I, I'll have I to imagine, try. It. I, I don't imagine know. that's. Uh, I'll probably, ask him next time I'm up there. I'll yeah, ask. It's, it's probably pretty close. But yeah, um, yeah. So we use that. We just fry that on the flat top. Uh, cheese, lettuce, mayo. What uh, kind of cheese do you put on yours? We use uh, American cheese. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. If I asked for not American cheese, would you put something else on there? We don't. We don't have anything else. Now you have plenty of other cheeses in that restaurant. It just wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same if you had fresh mozzarella. It wouldn't be the same if What's the uh, the cheese that you have that starts with a B? Burrata? 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 Yeah. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be the same. Of course not. You think it would be bad? I mean, it's I don't think it would be terrible, no. But I mean, I, and I mean, the you, only re- you would be the one to experience it though. Right. Well, and the only reason I ask for a different kind of cheese is because I find American cheese kind of boring. Yeah, but I think the the thing that's nice about American cheese is that the the melting qualities of it. Ah, uh, okay, so that's and so it's for. it's yeah it's, it's everything it's, else adds the flavor. You're not going to the American taste cheese, the cheese glues really, it together. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that makes sense. Like you have the lettuce, the potato chips, salt and vinegar potato chips. Uh, you have the the, the Coleman's. Sorry, that's mustard. funny. I can I can I can but, see my sisters and me potato chips, bread, smash. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's Michael. The whole thing, what are right? you, my mom? Michael, what are you doing, mom? Potato chips. I put them on the side. No, they're great in the sandwich. You are crazy. I think this. when I was young, that was like the first like chef that one of the first two chefs that I, like I was drawn to was Bobby Flay. Oh, and then he ended up having <laughs> a whole restaurant. I mean, they're in airports now and everything when you travel, but it's sure. uh, he's got I think a burger joint that. Everything is chips added uh, to all the di- different burgers really? they have. Really? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, the whole crunch factor. Yeah. I don't know, but that's the that's the texture side of me. I, I, sure. I, I love texture. Well, and that makes it fun. Um, yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of like an elevated, like I said, this is a, a, sh- a chef from New Orleans. Uh, it's kind of his uh, gold standard sandwich at his shop. And uh, we can't afford to travel to New Orleans. So uh, we decided to make it here. Well, hey, they're very happy that people traveled down there to taste their first mufalada and then yeah. brought those flavors back up here. And uh, mufalada is one of my very favorite sandwiches in the world. So 
And I'm, I'm happy to tell everybody where I had the first one in New Orleans. I'd be very happy to tell everybody where I had my first fried bologna sandwich that I loved. And it even had American cheese on it. Just Didn't no matter. ketchup. No ketchup. No. Ah, oh, man, no ketchup. I love ketchup. Well, you know what, though? I do love ketchup. Uh, but I am less of a ketchup person than I was when I was a kid because I have discovered the older I get, the more I've discovered the different kinds of mustard. Uh, really, it's not just my kids called it hot dog mustard. They just meant, you know, the yellow, yellow mustard. They And they kind of like that. But when I started to discover all kinds of different flavors, mustard, I don't like mustard. Yeah, but you've never had this. I saw Middleton has the world's largest mustard museum. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mount Horeb, is that, isn't that, maybe that's where it used to be, Mount Horeb Mustard Museum. Somebody, I went there one time, I didn't drive, so I don't know where we were. Yeah. <laughs> Traveling, just driving around, getting lost. And I have a collection I got for Christmas two years ago, a box about this long of, I don't know, 10 or 12 different kind of mustards. Because they knew I was a big fan. Mustard's great. I love mustard. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, and, and do you put pickles and onions and lettuce and tomatoes lettuce, and stuff? But not on, not on this sandwich, the rest of it. We put lettuce on there, just shredded lettuce. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's okay. all familiar flavors, but okay. I think it's when everything melts together. Um, it's awesome. It's probably my favorite uh, that we've done. This really? Time. Yeah. Of all the Sammies you've made. This fried bologna is your favorite? Yeah, it's just something about it is like, you know, being <laughs> able to, to cook. I, I mean, can we, hardly we used wait. To, back in the day, we used to, you know, Oscar Mayer bologna was what we sure. used. So it's like when you get a nice, you know, beef and pork ratio from the butcher, uh, it's it's hard to, it's like one of the things is like, it's hard for us, to, you know, it's to mess it up. Sure. Everything but you know, what's, there. what's really funny, you're saying Oscar Mayer and I can remember those those days, because my kids would sing the song while they're getting ready to eat the sandwich. When I was a kid, I knew that my dad went to the grocery store because I don't even know whose it was, but the bologna that mom bought, Oscar Mayer bologna, and it was just bologna in a, in a plastic thing. When my dad bought the bologna, there was a red ring around it that you had to peel off. You didn't eat that. And my sister's, you know, what? what's this? Oh, dad bought, this is the good bologna. Why? Because it has the red ring. Oh, really good bologna. No idea. It was probably also Oscar Mayer bologna, but it just was better bologna in our minds. When I think Oscar Mayer did have like a pork one, which is the lighter color. And I think they did have like the red one was like a beef and pork mix. Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm not that was our favorite. But yeah. It may have simply been a mental thing. Hey, this has got the red ring around it. So, you know, this is the good stuff. Yeah. Dad made a sandwich with the good stuff. That was pretty okay. Mercouli region cooking. <laughs> with Spencer. Well, we're making bologna sandwiches here all of a sudden from Pizzeria Della Rosa. They only do bologna sandwiches once every eight or 10 weeks. So uh, you missed your chance this time around, maybe next time. Maybe we can talk about what's next on the sandwich or what are they working on? What's coming down the pike for another pizza? Because now we discover that a new pizza is weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in development, which is great. You know that when it finally makes itself to the menu, they have pleased a lot of tongues before that. We're Cooley Region Cooking, and we will do more of it right after this.
Whether you're a seasoned chef or just starting your culinary journey, Cooley Region Cooks is your new podcast resource. Discover new techniques, hear from local culinary heroes who are mastering the art of the kitchen. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 on WIZM. Stream your favorite cooking tips, local chef interviews, and mouth-watering recipes on the WIZM app. Or find us on your favorite podcast platform. Stay updated and engaged by following us on Facebook. Just search Cooley Region Cooks today. I'm not the only one whose mouth waters when we start talking about food items from Pizzeria Della Rosa. Courtney's big fan of gelato, even though... Her memories go back to before gelato was invented, I think. So uh, we're going to have to up. She's going to have to up her uh, gelato taste buds here pretty soon, Spencer. You guys have gelato on the menu all the time. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. We always have uh, two flavors um, rotate kind of through um, weekly. Okay. That we kind of one we always keep uh, vanilla or chocolate and then we'll roll. And into, that's just plain gelato with nothing. Just vanilla just, and chocolate. Plain. Yep. Just okay. just plain. So. Um, and then we'll we'll rotate through to uh, pistachio or hazelnut, more like classic gelato flavors yeah. um, that we kind of run into. Um, we haven't gone the fruit route and, and done some of the uh, sorbetto, um, but that's kind of the next phase that we're looking at. Sure. is kind of mixing that up to offer some, you know, non-dairy, um, you know, Italian ices sort of things. Sure. Um, but yeah, the gelato, you know, I, I just took a class about two, three weeks ago, um, with the manufacturer on gelato because oh. we make all of our bases, uh, in house. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we, we use homemade uh, gelato, ladies and gentlemen, just want to make sure you got that homemade gelato. Yeah. We use, uh, organic Valley, uh, their, uh, dairy products, uh, for it. And then we, you know, much like pizza, we always dive down a rabbit hole and uh, start figuring out making gelato and the difference <laughs> between ice cream, gelato, custard, and uh, you get into the butter fat percentages, which is basically um, the U.S. is the only place that regulates the ice cream industry. Um, really? Yeah. So, wow, uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So in order to uh, call it ice cream, it has to have 10% butter fat. Um, and then custard is higher than that 10% or more. Um, so I think like Culver's frozen custard, they mm -hmm. have a high, uh, butter fat content. Um, gelato is less on the butter fat. Uh, so I, I think the idea is, is that butter, like whenever you put butter on your tongue, it coats your palate. Right. Uh, so the Italians and the way that they've always done it, I, I think there was probably at some point in time there was an expense uh, because okay. heavy cream is more expensive than milk. Uh, so butter fat, in order to increase that, you have to use more heavy cream uh, to increase the butter fat content. Got it. And so the other side of it is that with gelato and whenever you have it is that the butter fat's not there. So it dissolves very fast on your tongue it melts it melts in your mouth yeah that's and sure. so it doesn't leave so you can taste the dairy more so versus tasting the butter or whatever else is in there so jumping into that uh you know gelato and the science behind it was kind of difficult uh, right away for us uh we we made some rough batches at the beginning um <laughs> with uh you know 20 22 percent butter fat uh and we were churning out uh some uh, bourbon barrel aged vanilla bean butter 
instead of actually <laughs> gelato. gelato. Um, so we didn't have. But you didn't have to throw that away, did you? No. Did no, you I end mean, up making that into a sauce that goes on a pizza? <laughs> no, we didn't do that. Uh, but. You're killing me. Yeah. So no, we we definitely went through some trials and errors, and and the biggest thing is that we're trying to keep it as pure as possible. Uh, a lot of the commercialized ice cream gelato uh the main go-to is corn syrup um for stabilizing so there's no ice crystals the texture and things like that but uh corn syrup's got you know a bad connotation towards it now and so it's like trying to keep that out of there um so we don't use anything like that we're using just sugar uh, milk cream uh so instead of corn syrup what would you use um, you can, you can switch up in like inverted sugars, water, glucose. Seed oil. So you uh, wouldn't use yeah. a different oil. No, you no. wouldn't use grapeseed oil instead of corn it's, oil. Or yeah. It's the corn syrup. Oil. So, yeah. So oh, we wouldn't sure. use like, we wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't mess in any, a lot of people, there is, uh, somebody that I know in Texas that uses honey, um, mm. as, and as her sweetener and, and all of it. And so sure. that's kind of, but she has a full gelato shop. Uh, so her kind of niche market is that is right. uh, is having that in there. And so once a week she has a slice of pizza. Yeah, maybe it's so. With her yeah, exactly. It's but yeah, so that's kind of been our our big project here is kind of honing that in. Um, over the next you know couple months, we've uh, definitely I think have our base recipes down, and now it's kind of limitless on what flavors we end up doing but sure, that's cool. uh, we have you know the first go around we just got some uh sicilian pistachios and hazelnuts uh that we got in from italy sure uh so we've been working those into the mix um and what kind of basic gelato do you add hazelnuts or pistachios well so we just make a we make a plain base so no no vanilla nothing added to it so it's just the dairy um and what dairy. i'm not sure i've ever had plain gelato so well sometimes they call it fior de latte uh, I'm not in, sure in that, Italy. That either. What so, does it taste like? If you have nothing in it, so just, just tastes like f- like frozen milk oh, cream. Okay, okay, yeah. So very, right. very dairy forward. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, and then you, you go. You can. I've add, had frozen milk before. Yeah, I'm there not, you go. Ice yeah. milk. Absolutely. I'm uh, not throwing this away. It's yeah. Frozen solid. It won't be for long. Yeah, but yeah, then you just kind of adjust your flavors. But there's different fat contents, and pistachios carry fat. Sure. Um, hazelnuts carry fat, but it's a different sort of fat than milk fat, butter fat. Yep. Uh, so it all t- changes the texture. So I think with our gelato is that the depending on flavors that we go to, you're going to experience different textures uh, throughout throughout the time because it's it's not always going to be the same. So the base may cool. be the same, but then you add in different sort of flavors. Well, and can you make a big batch of of unflavored gelato and then make smaller batches of seasoned gelato that you're going to add. Yeah, absolutely. Just make, I don't know. Yeah. You can, you can make a 10 gallon batch if you'd like yeah, of, yeah. of the base and then, and then add in uh, the different flavorings of you. So, you and can, then that doesn't have to sit, doesn't have to marinate. Does it? If you've got, no, you can mix it. Can you right away? Yeah, you can, you can spin it and mix it. So okay. as long as, as long as the base is, uh, is, is set up, it's best base made, uh, heated and then uh, cooled. And refrigerate overnight is best. So all ice oh. cream bases that you make at, at home are best, uh, you know, even, yeah, the next day. So. But I'm just thinking if someone walked in, because, you know, that would be me, the a la carte gelato guy. You got any just plain gelato? Yeah. Have you got any of that maple bacon that you put on a pizza? Yeah. Could you put a little of that? 
in the gelato and stir that up for me? Because maple bacon gelato would be really good. We're not going to go that. We're not, not nice. We're not, we're not an ice cream shop. Oh, man. So I had gelato in Las Vegas that was some kind of nuts, couldn't recognize it, and grapes. Just saying, it was really, really good. Some kind of nuts and grapes. Yeah, Just those, saying. those gelato shops are great. Yeah, you're not going to do that. That's not. No, no, I wasn't that, even trying not, to make you do that. Just saying. At least not this go around. That's fair. I, I think uh, building flavors is the the next composition of uh, trying Pistachio to Pistachio is yeah. going to be your next. Or layering the flavors. I mean, we've looked at different things of like adding and folding in, you know, whether it's cookie chunks or, you know, running even like the tiramisu route where you have mascarpone, you have the coffee and use some lady fingers, you know, make some. Okay, so you can up. add cookies so, and mascarpone, but you can't add maple. Well, maple, we can. The bacon part is. Oh, is that is, the issue because it's is, bacon is, and is, go is, bad or whatever? Is, is the bacon part. Well, okay. then you end up getting into a, a realm of like, uh, there's not going to be too many people that uh, it's lacrosse. There might be a good amount of people that want bacon on their gelato. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, well, and, you know, and I get it. You're not an ice cream shop and I certainly don't want to make. Cause, so you can't make one serving of your basic gelato no, no, no. other stuff. Like we can, we can mix up and have our flavors, but like we, we, we don't do, uh, I guess, uh, like cold stone type of build. Sure. Sure. To order. Can't do it yeah, that way. Can't do it that way. It's All right. Not, well, that our, makes sense. I our understand setup, it. Our setup's not really a, uh, and that's okay. You're not a uh, ice cream shop. No, we're not. <laughs> Will you be mad if I bring my ice cream in to eat my pizza? If I sit down, if I order a great big unusual flavor pizza and I have my, milkshake or my gelato that I no. got mixed up by somebody else. You won't be mad. No, I would never be upset. Just making sure. I don't want you yeah. to be grumpy. What's who's that guy over there? That's Hayes. He's eating one of our pizzas. Yeah. Who's is that a milkshake? What is that? Oh, never mind. Just let it go. Once you find a place in town that's making you a maple bacon milkshake, you let me know. I will. I, I absolutely will. Cause they're not open yet. They're only open in the summer, but when they open up, I'll tell you where to go. All right. Cool. We are Cooley region cooking. We're done. We did Cooley Region cook, right? We did Cooley Region cooking. Spencer, did we? Did you have some fun? Yeah, this was great. That's, I like to push your envelope a little bit just to see if I can talk you into doing something. Nope, the answer is no, Mike. I'm not going to do that. We're not an ice cream shop. Okay, okay. Luckily, the pizza is breathtakingly good. Right next door to the Rivoli. Cooley Region cooks back next Thursday. You can find all the past episodes of Cooley Region Cooks on the WIZM app or wherever you stream podcasts. Also, hey, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Cooley Region Cooks. Reach out to us at Cooley Cooks at WIZMnews.com.